Hi, everybody. I'm Gus Johnson along with the governor. He says he got all his jeans from his mom. From his mom. A lot of nylon. A lot of excitement in the air. Yes. And we're ready for college basketball. College basketball. Oh, oh. What's up, everybody? Week two of the Big East Barroom coming to you live. Ryan, how are you doing on this wonderful Sunday evening? Well, it was definitely not an ideal week for the Big East here. Um, it was the week of the Gaffic Games, and we struggled through them. We're going to go through all of that team by team. Um, but not feeling great at the moment, if we're being honest. How could you right now if you're a Big East fan? I mean... You have two P6 wins, and one of them is by DePaul, who is uh, half their team is in the hospital right now. Um, and, you know, the other one is by against Nebraska, maybe one of the worst Power 6 teams in the conference. Well, Minnesota is also one of the worst Power yeah, 6 no. teams in, in the country. Um, so you got your two wins are against two of the worst teams. Yep. So, I mean, some teams kept rolling, and they, you know, right now, if you're – the AD at UConn or you're the AD at Creighton, you're saying this is why we don't schedule games against real opponents in the first four or five games of the year. Well, that was also luck for Creighton that um, they didn't get put in the Gavit games this year. Yeah, they, you're right. They the Gavit games are, but, you know, prob, poor Providence goes is 3-0 and going into the Hall of Fame tip-off and they take two pretty disheartening losses. Yeah, well, we'll go over all of it. We're going to do the PTI format again. We with got, a new buzzer. With a new buzzer, we got good feedback on that, so we're going to stick with that, and we're going to run through the teams three minutes on the clock for each team. And then at the end, we reached out to you guys and asked if we had you had questions about the Big East, and I think we'll do some quick hitters there. A little mailbag? A little mailbag. Um, I think we had 11 people reach out, so appreciate y'all reaching out, and we're going to go reverse order with our standings again. Eventually, we'll stop doing this because I'm guessing it once the season isn't fluctuating as much. We're probably not going to want to just go in the same order, but things fluctuated big time in week number two. We'll have to pick a different random order, but this is working for now. Sure, there's a random order generator we could find on the Google, lay Google. All right, so putting three minutes on the clock, and we're talking Villanova Wildcats. We are talking Villanova Wildcats. Villanova comes in this week, and they go one and one. They are able to survive against Delaware State, kind of an ugly game, low scoring, 60 to 50. Um and then they took a tough loss to Michigan State. You watched the whole Delaware State game, I yes, believe? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I God bless you. Did you enjoy it? Um, On a scale of 1 to 10, how much did you enjoy it? I did 12. It's Big East basketball. What are you talking about? Delaware State is in Big East basketball, though. Yeah, but Villanova is. Fairly. Mm, um, so Eric Dixon looked fantastic in the game. Eric Dixon went 17 points, 7 rebounds, couple blocks. Um, he was by far their best player. He was pretty much unstoppable in the paint. Delaware State couldn't do anything to him. Brandon Slater had a nice game uh, as well. The rest of the team was a no-show. I mean, you just you got almost nothing. Um, Caleb Daniels shot one of five from the field. Uh, Mark Armstrong shot three of eight. You know, nobody else was in double figures except for Dixon and Slater. And that's going to be the problem for Villanova early is what we're looking at is that you don't have the bench guys stepping up. It looks like they have a lot of depth on paper, but the, the bench guys are not putting in putting up their points. Yeah, I think 
Um, also seeing UConn play Delaware State today and win by 40 is a little disheartening for Villanova yep. just because they just held on to 10. But then, they, you know, they come back against Michigan State. They're down 10 at the half, and they, you know, their offense starts clicking. They scored 47 points in the second half. Dixon still is a story. Um, I thought at times he just kept them in the game. I mean, I mean, Eric Dixon has been fantastic. Yeah, he has. You know, Villanova's obviously a little disappointed in their season thus far. Um, with two early losses, Eric Dixon is not disappointing. Yeah, you got to hope that that second half translates and carries over to what this team can do um, coming up in their, you know, in their uh, schedule coming up. Because, you know, two losses at the beginning of the year, we've seen that that stuff can shape teams' tournament resumes. And I think people are going to be surprised if Villanova, you know, kind of has this middling season that they're going to find themselves on the bubble. They have two tough games against P6 um, coming up against Iowa State and Oklahoma. I mean, those are two losable games if you're, you know, Villanova, and especially the way they're playing other than the second half against uh, against Michigan State. Yeah. You, how much different is this conversation of Eric Dixon's three goes in at the buzzer pretty much? I mean, then we're talking about the resiliency of this team. Yeah, I mean, Caleb Daniels has struggled, which is something we were talking about during the Michigan State game, which we watched together at the bar, uh, sticking close to our name, Um yeah, 4 of 14 shooting, and you said 1 of 5 the game before. But he did have 7 points in the last 3 minutes, I just looked here. Um, so he, he kind of stepped up at the end there. They need that. He's got to be that guy. I mean, yeah, Slater, Slater stepped up in that game too a little bit and was able to put the team on his back at points. But the freshman, nothing. Not much. I mean, Housen's been a little, like, bolt of energy. Yeah, but. No, that's, what you, that's the problem with freshmen. Level of concern for Villanova? Ha <laughs> <laughs> There's our buzzer for the day. Uh, level of concern. I'm, you know, I might be up to like a four or five now. Oh, I'm like at a seven. Yeah. Like if they lose the next two games, like they're not gonna have a chance. And this, and if the Big East has a down season, there's no um, opportunities to get non-con wins. It's a long season. I agree. Gotta see what happens. All right, who are we moving to? The Providence Friars of Rhode Island. Oh, speaking of disappointing weeks. Uh, one and two, they crushed Stonehill, but don't play a lot of defense. 76 points. I didn't watch a lot of that game. Who knows how those are scored. But I did go to the Hall of Fame tip-off um, at Mohegan Sun, and I was able to watch them play Miami. I missed the game against St. Louis, but we just rewatched that. Um, one and two in a week for Providence, playing their first two um, real you know teams. Um, I thought when I was at the Miami game, I don't know, you know what it looked like on TV. I thought Miami just looked a lot longer, um, more athletic. Um, Jared Bynum looked pretty bad for most of this, and that's what up front I've seen on um, Providence Twitter as well. Um, St. Louis, I know Providence fans are going to point to that and one continuation at the end. You blew a 13 point lead with about eight minutes, 10 minutes to go. You can't do that. Yeah. And as we were saying, I mean, just so much of it comes down to their defense. Like, it just was a no show for a lot of the end of that game. Um, you know, people missing assignments, poor energy, poor Two effort. open, two dunks where the camera couldn't even catch up to what right. was going on because they were just running down to the other end and the guy was wide open. You, I mean, ball. if you can't stop guys in transition you, after a made b- b- basket, yeah, like what are you doing? Come on. Yeah, and, um, and you know, the thing that stings too, those I – was, I was at Mohegan for the first game. I don't know what it was like the arena in the second time. These were two home games for Providence. I mean, the Mohegan was packed with Providence fans through and through, so – I mean, I know it's going to be a neutral site game at the end of it, but, you know, to lose two home games is just, it's a little telling and a little concerning right now of where Providence is. I'm very worried that Jared Bynum was a nine-game stretch guy. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know how worried Providence fans are, but everything in his college career other than that 12-game sample size was what he's been so far. He had a couple nice buckets down the stretch against St. Louis. Yeah, but they need him to be the guy more than ever. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. He's so undersized. Yeah. And they're forcing him to, to take it into the paint. Yeah, and I mean, I think you're seeing Croswell isn't going against second, t- second, the second big man off the bench, yeah. or the first big man off the bench anymore. He's going against the starting big man, and he just doesn't look the same energy no. as he had last year. I love Eddie Croswell. I think he can do it, but what we saw this week was not enough. It, it was not even close to enough. Um, he really needs to step it up, lock in. He's a senior on the team, and he needs to be one of the leaders on defense, and he wasn't that. No, he wasn't at all. And um, I really liked some of the things I saw. Uh, Bryce Hopkins, be remiss if we didn't talk about him. thought he was a man amongst men, a man amongst boys at some of those um, times during the game. I thought he was by far their best player and their most athletic player and their most physical player. So um, I'm, I'm kind of eating a little crow on Bryce Hopkins, but also kind of sane. I like Sorry. Devin Carter's energy, athleticism. Um, he's still a little unpolished, but I don't think he's... I, th- I think he's overall a plus for the team. Quick, one Providence player. Go ahead. One Providence player from last year you would bring back for this team. If I only got to bring back one? Yep. Oh, that's a good question. Thank you. I I, I made it up myself. I think you got to go Nate Watson at the moment. You, I mean, yeah, I was thinking Justin Manaya or I mean, Horkler's scoring abilities of last year. I would have said coming into the year that I wasn't worried about Nate Watson leaving because you had his replacement, but Croswell, Croswell's having a rough time right now. Yeah, Al Durham down the stretch here. Oh, Al Durham too. You're right. You probably would have won two more games without yeah. Durham. Guy didn't miss. All right, the Georgetown Hoyas are next on our list. Georgetown goes one and two this week, um, losing to Northwestern in the Gavert games, losing to Loyola Marymount by 18 um, after being up, I believe, in that game at the half, and then. Beating LaSalle, which is, you know, says something because they did. LaSalle uh, stayed in the game against Lenovo. Your Hoyas? So I got to make a, a um, admission. I only saw the first half of the Loyola Marymount game. And obviously, if you're watching the Loyola Marymount game, you know the first half and the second half were about as different as possible. When I left, Georgetown was up 42-32. And they had looked really good in the first half. The t- you know, all the team had looked really good. Um, they looked a lot better than they had looked against Northwestern. They then go on to lose the second ha- half 52-24 to to end up losing by 18 points. Um, so I don't know how they, that, you know, entire collapse happened. Obviously, um, people are, are looking at the defense and wondering what's going on there uh, because they're just giving up too many points. 84 points to Loyola Marymount is kind of a joke. Um, that's an understatement. Here's my, here's my issue with George. Let me run through some numbers with you. Ryan, if I said coming into this year that Primo Spears would average 20 points a game, you'd sign up for that, correct? Sure. Especially on 46% shooting. Pretty good shooter. Brandon Murray, would you say, as of, uh, coming into the year, him scoring 15 points a game, you would have signed up for as well? Mm-hmm. He's shooting a little bit underwhelming, 36%. Would you say, Jay, he's scoring 14 points a game in only two games? Is what you would have signed up for? Well, Heath hasn't been the problem these past couple games. But would you have signed up for it? Yeah. Wahab going for 12-7 and seven a game, would you sign up for that? You need a little bit more from him. Would you sign up for a Cook a Cook going 9-9? Nine and nine? 
Yeah, probably. So you're saying that they're one, two, three, four, five best players individually are giving you what you want, and you have lost two, and you have two bad bosses on your resume already. Yeah. Did you watch the I Northwestern mean, game? I did watch the Northwestern game. They can't play defense. What I saw from Brandon Murray was just inexcusable. I mean, just bad at defense. He was just quitting on on several plays. You just watched him quit. Uh, there was a couple of plays where he missed a jumper, and he just didn't get back on defense and gave up a bucket no. in a close game down the stretch. Um, you know. These are young men. They need to be coached. Well, it's hard when you don't have a coach. Well, that's and and that's what we're running into. I mean, the fact when I heard people talking about that they brought a cook a cook in to show some maturity on this team. I mean, you have the best Big East basketball player of all time and a bass NBA Hall of Famer, and you're bringing a cook a cook in to show maturity on a team. That's not a cook a cook's job. (laughs) Figure it out if you're the coach. Um, or get some of these guys out of here or put them on the bench. Like, figure it out. You can't be losing to some of the games that they're losing. They look wildly talented. Oh, we, we why? Watch that's them. what's frustrating. They're long. They're fast. They look yeah. talented. Like, that's not the – they're athletic. And I love Primo Spears. I don't have a quick hitter for Georgetown other than what is your, what percent chance do they finish not in the bottom spot in the Big East? Not – I mean, it's them and DePaul. That's mean. So 50-50? Yeah, I'd say 50-50. Right. Well, leading into that, we have our DePaul Blue Demons who went 1-2 and two this week with, debatably, the best win for the Big East. And they vanquished Minnesota um, and then lost to Saint- Santa Clara and then lost a very close game to Oklahoma State. I mean, I think if they, you turn that Santa Clara game around, that result, and you told DePaul coming into this week, you go 2-1, and one, I think you're signing up for that in a heartbeat. And you lose by four points to a Big 12 team? Yeah. And... Everybody is hurt. Everybody is hurt on that. Nick Ogenda, who did post that he was looking like he might be uh, coming back soon. I mean, I'm just, I mean, I am worried about, you know, your annoy hurt his knee. Um, I really f- like you, Umo- I'm going to say it wrong, Umoja Gibson. Yeah. Umoja Gibson. I thought he played really well against Minnesota. I thought he was the unquestioned leader um, on the team against Minnesota. Javon Johnson reminds me a lot of David Jones. He scores. He scores a lot. Um, high frequency shooter. Um, so he, I've been, I enjoy some of their players. I need, I would wish we could see a little more from Zion Cruz. Um, and you know Minnesota has Dawson Garcia on the team who has um, like no, I can't say what I was gonna say um, because that was inappropriate. But he has been around. Let me just say that <laughs> he has been around. Um, so. I mean, good good for DePaul on that first one, but and you know, good for them for keeping it close despite you know missing two key pieces in the Oklahoma State game. Yeah, interestingly, I did my uh, stat of the day today, which was three point percent Stat of the day of the you know the top three. It's Emotion Gibson and Jay Van Johnson. Three point percentage leaders. It's Emotion Gibson and Jay Van Johnson. So DePaul's got some guys that are playing well. You know, shooting. And, uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't get to watch the Santa Clara game. Um, I could quickly peruse and tell you what I think about what, you know, what happened. I mean, Javon Johnson and Javon Johnson went three of 14 and emoji. I mean, emoji Gibson went six of 12. You need someone other than Javon Johnson and emoji Gibson, which w- was where your annoy looked pretty good. He was averaging seven or so points a game. Um, I would like to see Jalen Terry. He's, uh, reminded me a lot of another player, Jalen Gaffney who kind of came in his first year and was that game manager and was like, oh, he'll take a step forward, and he's not so far taking that step forward to showing me he can score on a consistent basis as well. 
Yeah, I did like what I saw from him last year, uh, backing up Javon Freeman Liberty. Um, so hope to see him step back forward. up Javon Freeman. Terry? Terry's a point guard. You're right. You're right. I apologize. It was bound to happen eventually. By the end of the year, he was starting, I believe. Um, yeah, because the what's his face got hurt. Uh, their point, point guard. Last year. The ball. Can't play shit. Whatever. You guys um, can tell us, so. I want the ball to be good because I like their fans a lot, so. So DePaul 50-50 to finish in the bottom two? Yeah, I'm rooting for DePaul. I love Stubblefield. Yeah, I want – I was talking – I don't want to get off on a tangent at all, but Stubblefield, uh, I was asking if he was on the hot seat, and they said, no, the, the team's finally going in the right direction for good the first for, time in forever. Well, so good for DePaul. Good, good to have some stability. you got to have some patience, you know. Yeah. Our Musketeers are next on the list. Xavier, 1-1, um, beat Fairfield. Not a resounding win, but a 13-point win nonetheless. Um, people were saying that was a trap game. I believe it was at 9 o'clock at night on a Tuesday. Um, you know, Which probably explains why I didn't catch it. Yes. And then um, Indiana, they played one of the better games of the college basketball season, I think. So. Yeah, I, w- I called it the most highly anticipated game of the Big E season to date. Um, I don't know. You could Villanova, Michigan State, but um, the In Xavier, the Indiana game general. was still- for the Big East. Oh, I was going to say, because like, I think you No, 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 no. For the Big East. Um, and I thought that, you know, they played pretty darn well. They were leading significant portions of the game. They were very close down the stretch. They just didn't make the plays they needed to make. But um, I mean, you're an Adam Kunkel scoop shot away from yeah. going to overtime. Yeah. Um, you know, Kobe Jones was coming into that game banged up. I mean... He, I thought Fremantle played really well. The touch he had around the rim. I mean, he he had to got that jump hook off so many times, and he was just elite with putting it on the rim. Reminded me kind of of Sonogo when he just puts on the rim and it just stays there and just go, you know, was going in a bunch of times. I thought Trace, TJD coming out of that game, Trace Jackson Davis for Indiana was the story. No, Jackson Davis looks like an All-American, um, and there's just not much you can do about that. Yeah, but, I mean, they, they tried a little bit with Nunji. Nunji just wasn't fast enough to keep up with him. Um, there were a few times yeah. where Davis just beat him baseline and was just able to go around him. Yeah. Um, and Fremantle, I don't know if he was tall enough to really guard him. Well, they were bringing the double a lot on TJD. Yeah. And, uh, and he didn't have much success against the double. He only had one assist out of the double, but what he, they were doing is Mike, um, what the hell is the name of the coach out there? Woodson. Woodson. Um, you know, he's drawing up all these plays to get TJD the ball going towards the rim where you can't bring the double at that point. Yeah. He's a good coach. And, uh, yeah, I, how many NBA coaches go from the NBA back to college? Not college, many. NBA, college? Yep. It's like kind of, uh, you see it in football more. Good for what's enough for... Uh, Indiana. Indiana's a really good team. Indiana's uh, probably the class of the Big Ten, to be honest, right now. Um, I, don't, I think they're the highest ranked Big Ten team mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, Michigan's got a good squad, don't they? Uh, led by Mr. Dickinson. Yeah. I guess so. Uh, I I think this is still an encouraging week for Xavier. This is one of those losses you look back on and be like, like you play Indiana in the tournament and they're like, well, we're a different team now. And you go and you you know you try to win that game. But they they're playing some really good teams coming up. Um, Florida, who um, you know just beat Florida State, um, West Virginia, Cincinnati, and then before they get into conference play, so you're gonna get. Those are all winnable games. Yeah. I would, they should win all of them, I would argue. I think West Virginia's got a pretty uh, good team. West Virginia 
versus eight home. That's they give Xavier a fifty eight percent chance of winning. Yeah, they're first in the big. T- they beat Pitt though, and I'm pretty sure that my recreation basketball team could beat Pitt. So I do not know what, but they gave Xavier a fifty eight percent chance on ESPN of winning that game. Your percent, um, uh, confidence that they make the NCAA tournament ninety five. What's your percent then? 95? Uh, I'll say 80. Yeah, I think, I think they're the clear top three team in the Big East. I really liked, I, and I agree with you, Zach Fremantle looked excellent, which is great news for them after the season he had last year. I agree. Stay healthy, big fella. And now we're moving over to the Seton Hall Pirates. I want to call them the Blue Demons often because they're blue and they are in the same team as DePaul. The Seton Hall Pirates went one and one. With a pretty embarrassing loss to Iowa, and then they just smacked Wagner a couple hours ago before we recorded this. Um, but obviously, the Iowa game is going to be the focus of our attention because that was part of the Gavit games, and that was the first decent competition they faced. And they kind of were a no-show. They kind of uh, really let uh, let us down compared to what we thought we were going to see from them. So Yeah, they gave us 50 points in the second half. Yeah. Uh, um you in comparison, they hadn't given up fifty points in a complete game except for once. I mean, they, they've held St. Peter's and Wagner to forty-four, and yeah. they fifty-two to Monmouth an entire game. Um, Chris Murray, this is this is the cool thing now is, I know no one wants to root for the Big Ten, but Seton Hall fans for the rest of the year should be rooting for Iowa. If Iowa becomes the number one team in the country, that's what Seton Hall wants now. Yeah. Um, Chris Murray was absolutely dominant at certain points. He puts up thirty or twenty-nine in that game. Um, I don't know. I, I watched this entire game, and Seton Hall just never got in a rhythm. I never really th- thought Seton Hall was in this game. No, the defense was bad, and that's kind of where Shaheen Holloway hangs his cap. Um, so that was very surprising. Their offense looks terrible as well. <laughs> they managed to put up 67 points, kind of by the grace of God, uh, because they don't seem to run many sets, and they take a lot of contested shots. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those games for me. If I'm seeing or if I'm Sheen Holloway, I'm happy it happened because I could go in there and there's a lot of tape. There is a lot of tape to analyze and say, hey, look at what happened. We are not nearly as good as we thought we were because let's be, everyone was high on Seton Hall coming into that you know game. We thought that Seton Hall might be a top four team in the Big East. Yeah, we had them as a big riser from the first. Yep, week. they had smacked the other two teams by you know they hadn't played a game within twenty points for the first two. And then, you know, then they come back and they take care of business against Wagner. We'll see. They're going to play a Penny Hardaway coach Memphis team. They're going to play Kansas. And then they're playing Rutgers. Those are three very good out-of-conference games where you have a chance to, you know, especially that Kansas game. Just show us what you're made of. Are you a a tournament team or are you just a middle-of-the-road Big East team? Um, I think I'm a little questioning it more than I thought I would be. I agree. I don't think they look like a tournament team, what we saw against Iowa. You know who I'm not disappointed in is Tyree Samuel. Yeah, Tyree Samuel. Ty- Tyree Samuel has looked really nice. Uh, he had eight rebounds in that game against Iowa. Um, he's very efficient. He's not taking crazy shots, which is something that the rest of the team is doing. Um, he only took five shots. He made three of them. Gives you nine points, eight boards. He's playing very much under control. Then he goes again, 10 points, eight boards today against Wagner. Um, I think he's been really solid. All right. Percent chance that Seton Hall makes the tournament. Oh, you missed it. 
Yes. Pres- Slight malfunction. Present chance of seeing how makes the tournament. I'm I'm down to about forty five. I'm, I think 60. I, I'm, I'm going to try not to overreact too much. Also, Villanova fans are lucky. Gonna, that's what we're here for. To overreact. Gonna overreact. Yeah. Come on. Thank you. Um, but Villanova fans, uh, you're welcome for the serotonin boost for today. Um, if we are going, we have one, two, three, four, five teams left. We are going to move on to the Marquette Golden Eagles. The Marquette Golden Eagles came into this week, and they went one and two as well. They lost to Purdue in a really good game, 75 to 70. Um, and then they smacked around Long Island. Um, wait, wait, 95-58. 1-1. 1-1, I'm sorry. 1-1. Um, that game against Purdue was maybe the best game of the Gavit games. Um, outside of maybe the Villanova game was right there with it. Um, probably the Villanova game is better. Indiana Xavier game was a great game, too. We had right. a few good games. So maybe this is the third best game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, yeah, that was a fantastic game. And can we talk about David Joplin? we got to talk about David Joplin. Is, David Joplin um, is like averaging like 20 points a game. David Joplin looked like a like why did superstar. David Jop- why did David Joplin not play last year? Uh, he came off the bench a little bit. He averaged like six minutes a name. game last year, ran 2.8 points. He's now averaging 15 points a game um, this year. I mean, I mean, th- there was one point that... He scored 21. Shaka must have run the same play for Joplin about five or six times in a row. Because yeah. Purdue couldn't stop it, and Joplin was just nailing the He shot the five jumper. of seven from three. Like, yeah. he didn't even... It wasn't a high percentage and a lot of misses. That was like a Kadari-Richmond moment yeah. um, from last yeah. year. <laughs> when, you know? when he did that against UConn. That was just like a... He's on fire, and you need to either he's stop him or he's going to win the game. And eventually, he did cool off to a, a little bit in the last couple of minutes, so, and uh, Marquette was not able to pull it off. They ran. I mean, they ran out of steam. They they were winning for a lot of this game, um, but they ran out of steam, and they ran into the problem of that every team runs into is who guards a seven foot six, three hundred pound man, and that is Zach Eady and um, Smith for uh, Purdue looked really good and got a lot of timely buckets down the stretch. Yes, he really did. efficient. Um, so I I'm really encouraged by Marquette. I'm extremely hopeful that Marquette can be a lot better than I anticipated having them at the beginning. I agree. I think Marquette's one of your big risers of the week. Um, Bad week for the Big E's when the big risers are um, teams that lost. Yeah, that's true. Lost nicely. (laughs) A moral victory is going to be a big riser this week. Um, But I did like what we saw from them. Shaka can get in there and say, you know what? We're not going to play against Zach Eady every time, right. and we can beat that team without Zach Eady. And he's an he has an undersized front court, so and you're playing against the biggest player in yeah. college basketball. Like that's and and the fact that you held him to twenty points, um, thirteen I, boards. I'm imp- I'm impressed by Marquette more than I was impressed by about any team other than the top two. Um, so if I if I were doing a power ranking just on this season, like just this season, and like no expectations coming into it. Like, Marquette would probably be my third best, best team in the Big East. Like, mm-hmm. just this season. Like, and I pr- pretend I don't know any expectations. I don't know if I'd go that far. But I might have them top five. Mm-hmm. You might have them top five. <laughs> might have them top. I might have them top five. You have a question for Marquette? I might have them top five. Chances David Joplin is starting before the beginning of Big East play? 98%. Yeah. Chances he starts next game, 95%. Did he start against Long Island? Nah, I don't know. I could check I it out, look. No, he did not. The problem is that the Big East got us like all these good games, so then we missed some of the games that were not nearly as good because 
We also have lives. This was a very busy week, but we watched a lot of college basketball. College basketball. College basketball. We spent about five hours on Friday watching college basketball. He got all his jeans from his mom. All right. A lot of nylon. That moves us to the Butler Bulldogs. Put three minutes on the clock. Butler Bulldogs went one and... Or, I can't. I'm getting this mixed up. Two and one. They played a really impressive Penn State team and lost at the beginning of the Gavit games. Um, and then they rebounded with two you know, dismantlings of St. Francis and the Seattle. Um, I think the story of Penn State is Manny Bates is a man amongst boys. Yeah, I agree. I thought Manny Bates looked like um, he could make the all-conference team the way he was playing. I, th- I would agree with that. I think Manny Bates is the... The problem is that the center position in the Big East is loaded. Right. Um, yeah, it's, you're the big man across the, across college basketball. Yeah, but six so was last year. 16 points, 10 rebounds, 3 blocks. Um, and they just kept going to him down the stretch. He was really good for them. The rest of the team kind of no-shows. No, they had th- four, three other teams in double double digits. Yeah, but look at the efficiency on them. Yeah, they were bad efficient. They weren't efficient, and Eric Hunter was awful in this One game. of 10, you know, 4 of 11, 3 of 13. Yep. Manny Bates kept them in it at certain times. Um, you needed to see something else. Um, I thought in the first half, Manny Bates really kept them in it. Um, I thought they were going to – they were – they looked like the – you know, they didn't blow on the same floor as them. Um, and then, you know, Pickett for uh, Penn State went nuts. I thought it was one of the more overblown triple-doubles. He shot 33% from the field, 20% from three. But because he got 10 rebounds and 11 assists, he got he was the star of this game, um, which I don't necessarily agree with. Yeah, I mean, he had the ball in his hands because he was playing a point. So, yeah. um, you know, you got to give him credit. Oh, I don't like the Big Ten, and this is a Big East show. Yeah, so forget him. Yeah. Um, yeah. They but they need more out of their guards there, and you know Chuck Harris, Jaden Taylor, they they have the talent, Eric Hunter, um, but they have to play. I mean, yeah. they have to do better than what they did, and they did. And Harris scored twenty two against St. Francis, and Lucocious and Taylor both scored eighteen against Butler, um, not Butler against um the Seattle. So they, I mean, they stepped up. You got to see them do it against good competition. This yeah. is part of the problem. That we only have seen these teams play against one good team this year. We have not like everything else. We're just pretending it doesn't happen when they played one good team. Right. But now we're going to get into UConn and Creighton in a minute, who haven't played a good team. So then we're taking everything as fact as what they've done. It's true. It's fair. But don't you also feel like you know more about Butler? Yeah, you but, know more about Marquette than you know. But about I. UConn. But in any given week, when the real season starts, like when you know this week, basically when it starts, you could have Butler could lose by six to Penn State, and then. Rebound and beat Tennessee by 20 and That's beat true. Kansas State. You're just going to have so many more. We have such a small sample size that we're working with. Yeah. I mean, again, this is why I wouldn't schedule really good teams. I'd play those first five games. I'd win five games. And then I'd say, screw it. Now I'll go play really good teams once my legs are under me. Yeah, but it's bad for the viewer. It's bad for the... Okay. I'm, I'm not paying the... I'm, I don't need the viewer. Yeah, you do. I mean, the fans are, you know, what makes it happen. Percent chance that Butler finishes in the top five in the big or top six in the Big East. Top six, I give them a fifty percent chance at that. So that means they probably have to go over Villanova. You think? Well, UConn, Creighton, Xavier are locks. Villanova, you would think was lock. Then I mean St. John's, eh? Maybe. Yeah. St. John's, Seton Hall. I think they have a good chance. I like Butler's team. I like Manny Bates a lot. I really like Manny Bates. He looked fantastic. All right. The Johnnies of St. John go um, 
2-0 this week with the best, maybe the best win that the Big East had against Nebraska. After kind of struggling against Central Connecticut, um, that game was tied late, late in the game. Um, way too late in the game. They do pull away and win by 17, but, you know, they, they win another game. But um, they beat Nebraska by 20 after playing a pretty bad first half. Um, I don't, you know, again, this is one of those teams, like, I don't know how much to buy into this, this start. You know, they have four really, really, really good players. Um, Jones, Soriano, Alexander, and Carbello are superstars in their own rights. Um, I got, I don't know. I don't know what to do with it against this competition though. Well, I watched the Nebraska game. Um, they obviously they struggled in the first half. Uh, they were down seven points if you didn't see the game. And then they come back in the second half and they just blow the, the, the doors off. I mean, this was a beating by the end. They end up winning by 20 points. Um, jo- Joel Soriano was the star of that game. He went for, I believe, 18 rebounds. Yeah. Eight, 17 points, 18 rebounds. I mean, he was incredible. And this is against P6 competition. So these aren't, you know, against a bunch of, you know... Well, but their big men are the size of, you know. Yeah, I, listen, here's my issue. I, I'm not going to know what Soriano is until I see him play in the Big East. Because last year, he was clearly not as good as Sonogo, Kalkbrenner, Watson. He was a step oh, below all that. Well, he, uh, I agree, but what I'm saying is, you know, he might have taken that step forward. Because the the big man for Nebraska is 6'11", all right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's same. about as big as anybody you're going to see. I mean, Ryan Kalkbrenner is about 7'2", but... St. John's forced turnovers. They forced 17 turnovers. But then what does St. John's do? They turned it over 13 times. Not terrible. You can live with that. But um, forcing eight turnovers from their point guard in the Nebraska game was is very nice and proves uh, to be really effective. And they held them to 29% shooting. How much is that Nebraska holds himself to 29% shooting? How much is it that the St. John's did? Yeah, I think a lot of the reason they were so stagnant in the first half is they weren't getting those turnovers and they just don't, they don't run good half court offense. They're not interested in it. I don't I don't even think it's that they don't run good half court. I don't think they're interested in running half court. I don't know if Mike Anderson's teaching them plays. I think he's more concerned about, you know, getting them out in transition, having them steal the ball, you know, do all kinds of flashy yeah. stuff. I don't think they go over plays very but often. Mike, if I'm Mike Anderson, I'm like I need a backup when eventually a team slows it down on me. Yeah. He had quick hitters for Julian Champagny. Yeah, but you Julian know, Champagny is an NBA talent. Yeah. I mean, anybody can look good with Julian Champagne. I want to see St. John's, and St. John's is going to get a chance this week. They are playing um, Temple, who has a win over Villanova. They have Niagara, um, Long Island, so they have two kind of bad games. And then they get Iowa State. Um, so we'll see what St. John's looks like. I have Johnny's as one of my big risers this week. Yeah, because they do. didn't lose. Because they didn't lose, and they beat a P6 team. Yeah, I mean, when you don't lose, I guess that's... Uh, <laughs> All right, our last, well, we have two teams in Creighton just because of their 4-0 is the next team on our list. Creighton had a nice, easy week. They went 2-0, winning by 30 against Holy Cross and winning by about 30 against UC Riverside. Um, Not even a whole lot to talk about here. Um, You know, the questions for Creighton still are coming into this week um, where they're going to face two ranked teams. Um... Texas Tech in Texas, so I, I I want I'm very interested in what this week looks like for Creighton. Um, not even this week. Texas is a little bit out of this. Um, I'm interested. They only in have this. one game this week. Yeah, are they playing in one of those uh, preseason tournaments. 
Uh, maybe later? Because it wouldn't be scheduled if it was. Um, yes, aren't they playing in Maui? Yeah, they're playing in Maui. So we won't know who they're playing until... Right. Um, and I'm going to look that up real quick. So if you want to talk and pretend you know what you're saying. Well, if they're going to play against Texas Tech, Texas Tech has one of the best defenses. And, uh, and one, one, one of the best defensive coaches that you're going to find anywhere in the country. So that will definitely be a really interesting matchup. Um, I know Texas Tech had a lot of turnover. Um, so I don't know how good so they play the winner of Louisville, Arkansas. So they play Arkansas. Um, if they win, God, have you ever seen a bracket like this? It's a bracket one. I guess the winner goes this way and the loser goes this way. Yeah. Um, and then if they win that game, they're going to play Ohio state, San Diego state winner, which I think San Diego state's look bad. So that Ohio state has a pretty good team out there. Yeah. I've heard really good things, even though they're only returning like one player from last year. Little Zed key finger guns. Boom, 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 boom. Um, and then Cincinnati, Arizona. Um, so I would guess that Creighton's probably the favorite to win the Maui Invitational. Coming into this, uh, they haven't played maybe Arizona. Well, yeah, but they're they come into the year ranked. Yeah. Um, uh, is Arizona good this year? I don't know. Arizona. Wildcats. They lost Mathurin to the NBA. Um, it says they're ninth in the Pac-12. Oh, because people care about football, and I don't care about football. Um, they're first in the Pac-12, and they have played. Absolutely fucking nobody. Um, yeah, they haven't played anybody. They beat Utah Tech, Nicholas State, and Southern U, but they have put up 100 points in almost every game. So that's got to be scary. Yeah. They're ranked 14th, so clearly people think highly of them. Okay. Well. So, I mean, what is there even to talk about Creighton? Well, I win the Maui Invitational? I saw a, um, like a graph of the starting lineups that have been the most efficient so far into the season. Uh, my lovely girlfriend and oh, um, learned she could read today. Create and starting five ranks is like one of the top five most efficient starting lineups of anybody in the country. Does Kenneth Pomery say that? No, it was. Uh, I don't trust anyone not named Kenneth. Evan Mc. I can't remember. Evan um, McLoser. Um. So that's good. I mean, they've been good. They've been exactly what you wanted to see. They're empty in the bench. Yeah, outside of the St. Thomas game, this is exactly what they should have done. They got their legs under them, and now they go play a hard non-conference. They play one, two, three, four. They play five power, four power six schools in BYU. And they're getting in all, all 12 players. Yep. That's how, I mean, that's how much blowouts these games are, is that all tw- of their scholarship players are playing in, like, the last three games. Yeah. Um, so it's, it is hard to really conclude anything. I love what I've seen from Frederick King. Um, Farabello's been really good. Anything you want to add to that, Creighton? Last take on them? They're really good. Really want to see them represent the Big East because if Creighton and UConn aren't good, I'm very worried about the Big East. If they go out and beat Texas Tech, are they a top 10 team in the country? They're already a top 10 team in the country. They right now? Oh, not. they're they're number 10. Are they a top 5 team if they beat Texas Tech? No. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I haven't watched enough of the other teams. I think Gonzaga's booty cheeks. Yeah. Um, I think that... Um, you know, they're number two right now. They're going to drop big time. Um, I also don't think UNC is very good. So I, I think a lot of things have to get sorted out. UCLA lost to Baylor today. Um, those are top 10 teams. I think Houston's probably the best team in the country right now. But they don't play anyone ever. We can do uh, – we'll go back into this. After we finish with the biggies, we got three minutes. Last team, UConn Huskies. Let's get UConn. into it. UConn Huskies won both games. They have been remarkably consistent in their scoring. 85, 86, 84, 86, 95. That's the real takeaway, guys. Yeah, that's the takeaway. Uh, I went to the Delaware State game today. Um, 
UConn is firing all, on all cylinders. Um, but again, it's hard to say anything. The only thing that's interesting is Delaware State, who they played today, kept it within 10 against um, uh, Villanova. So to go beat them by 35 points today, what does that mean? Does that mean Villanova's really bad? Does that mean UConn's really good? Does it mean Delaware State just had one good game? Does it mean Villanova just had one bad game? Um, I have no idea. The story is Adama Sinogo. Um, if UConn wants to be where, you know, Adama Sinogo has a real chance to win player of the year for the national player of the year. Um, he has developed a three-point shooting stroke. Um, Did he hit one today? Yep, hit one today. Uh, he is shooting 50% from three. I think he only has like eight. I'm not trying to say like he is out there. Um, he's not Adam Kunkel out there, you know, shooting a bunch of threes. Um, but you know, 50% from three for a kid who, you know, didn't shoot a three-pointer or didn't make a three-pointer last year. That's impressive. And that's something we should, you know, we should be looking at with him. And, you know, his footwork around the rim, his touch... Um, I've just been really impressed with Mr. Sinogo. Uh, he is one of two, one. How many has he shot? Shot one today. One. He shot two, three, six, seven. He's shot. He's four of seven from three. He's better at fifty percent. But if you know what was UConn's downfall last year, they had two players on the floor who couldn't shoot. Yeah, but here's the question, right? NCAA tournament final five minutes. Are you running the pick and pop with Adama Sinogo? That's the shot. No, you're but lose if on? you if you get the Isaiah Whaley shot that he was taking last year with Adama Sinogo, yeah, I mean, Adama's gonna have to shoot it at a high enough clip. Well, he's gonna have to bring the defense out. They're gonna try to scheme it so that they don't have to take that shot. Yes, but if Sinogo does, I'm not worried about. It. And and I know this is stupid, and we are UConn fans, but they're not. He has, it's not like banking three though. So. Um, he is. Uh, Swishing yeah, threes. He's They're nothing nice but net. They're not no, even, he, like, kind of going in. He has a nice stroke. I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm just saying I don't know how much it plays when, yeah. the, when the minutes really count, when the game really counts. Hey, an open three is an open three, though. And we saw Isaiah Whaley miss multiple open threes, which could have led UConn to be Creighton in either That's of the games That's absolutely true. Um, can we quickly touch on Tristan Newton? Recorded a triple-double at the beginning of the week. Yep. Heard his groin today, though. Not oh. sure if he got hit in the Fig Newtons or he... Um, <laughs> you stole that or, joke from someone. I did steal that joke from someone. Not Dan Hurley. Um, but he, uh, we'll see what he looks like. I'm Klingon looks great. Andre Jackson came back and Jordan Hawkins came back. So that's big takeaways for UConn. Um, chances UConn. I thought, is, I thought Tristan Newton looked excellent in that game, um, which was the first game that he's looked really good in a UConn uniform, which is really bad news for the rest of the Big East. Yeah, and Andre Jackson not scoring in UConn, still winning by 40 points. Um, again, it's bad competition, but so, um, my question for you is, what is you, or who's one player from last year for UConn that you would bring back to compliment this team? Oh, it's Tyrese Martin. Uh, is that just because you love Tyrese Martin? It's Ty- well, he's an NBA level talent wing and he can fit in anywhere. I'm bringing RJ Cole back. You, that pure point guard who can get you a bucket. They got too many point guards as it is. No, I would, I would, tr- well. I don't want to trade anyone off the team, but I would have Diara back up and call and, and I would that. say UConn is a team that it does not need anybody else right now. Uh, no, and Joey, Joey Calcaterra, too. I'd be remiss if I didn't say something. That kid can shoot the lights out. Mr. California? Mr. California. All right. So those would be all of the teams running through. 11 for 11. Are we going to do a little mailbag section? Mailbag. Yeah, but you're going to have to do it because we're using my phone to record. Okay, let me look up. The questions from your Twitter. At the, at the point, the conference has looked somewhat weak against other major conferences. 
What is your very early prediction for teams making the tournament? Thank you, random viewer, and we appreciate you. Um, Ryan, do you want to... We're going to run through who I think makes the NCAA tournament? Yeah, we can't answer all 11 questions right now. You don't probably have to stand right there, sir. I feel bad for you. Just sit on the table. set, Ryan. Uh, so I got Creighton, Xavier, and UConn making the tournament. Easily? Yeah. Fairly easily. I think they should get decent seeds. And then pro- probably Villanova. I think Villanova figures it out before the end of the season. And then Seton Hall, Providence, and St. John's are all kind of a toss-up. That's what I, exactly what I was going to say. That's annoying because I was going to say UConn, Creighton are locks. Um, I can't really see a scenario either one of them isn't dancing. Um, I also think Xavier's a lock. Um, give me Villanova just because their name's Vanilla Nova. And then I'll throw a quarter in the air for Providence, Seton Hall, and St. John's. So I'll go... I'll go six and still be bullish. I'll go five. All right. All right. Next question. Thank thoughts, you, fans. Thoughts on what the Big E should do if Gonzaga goes to the Big 12? Yeah. I, I mean, I saw this question and I was like, well, I don't. The Here's the problem with college basketball. And this is my soapbox. College basketball is not the priority for anything. So Gonzaga going to the I think the presidents will look at if Gonzaga goes to the Big 12 for basketball only, and they'll say, well, I don't care because that doesn't matter to me. Like, you're, like... Well, it matters to the Big East presidents. Yeah, it will only matter to the Big East president. I don't think... But I don't think Big East wants to bring Gonzaga in right now. I think well, if the Big East wanted to bring Gonzaga in, Gonzaga would be in. I think a lot of Big East fans want us to bring Gonzaga in. I personally never liked the move to bring Gonzaga, so my answer is going to be biased here that they should do nothing because... Yeah. Gonzaga is all the way on the other side of the country, and I think one of the really awesome things about college basketball is the traditions and the rivalries and stuff like that, and I hate conference realignment, and I think it's really lame that UCLA and USC are leaving the Pac-12. But they're leaving it for football reasons. Again, what other basketball school-only school are you going to get that like only, that only plays basketball that's good enough to bring in and like make a difference in their I don't know. Like, it's, like, only Gonzaga. Kansas. Kansas has a football team. Yeah, but they're bad. But they're not going to leave the football money there. That's, like, that's the issue. You're not, you're not taking anyone out of the Big 12. And Kansas, I think, was ranked this year football. If that's right, I deserve a lot of money. Because I didn't watch one minute. Eighth and... <laughs> All right, maybe they weren't. <laughs> I think they had, like, a decent start to the season. Well, that's what matters. It's how you... It's, everyone always says it's how you start, not how you finish. Can we get another question curated by our moderator here? Absolutely. Um, best Big East freshman so far? Rennikins? Well, Caravan won it in the first week. That's objective. I didn't give that out. The Big East did. Ryan votes on it. Ryan gave it out. Um, uh, well, it's not Zion Cruz. It's not it's Mark not Whitmore. Mark Armstrong had a really hard time against uh, Delaware State. You know, Brendan Housen's been kind of electric coming off the bench for Villanova. But yeah, I like Housen, but... Um, Tay Davis has been good for Seton Hall. Klingon looks really good at UConn. Klingon Klingon and Carabin look really good. Carabin? Is I mean, Carabin the only freshman starting? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'd have to try to remember everything right now. Um, Carabin also, it's worth noting, went to the IMG Academy and came out early. 
Um, so he's actually been with UConn an extra semester practicing with them, and it kind of shows with some of the maturity he's shown. I agree. I think Caravan's been excellent. Desmond Claude's given some decent minutes for Xavier. Yeah, but nobody's prov- – yeah, no, I'd go Caravan. I think you got to go Caravan. I don't want to be a homer, but I think you got to go Caravan. Yeah, Caravan. All right, I think we got time for one more question. All right, also UConn-related. Um, if Adama Sonogo now has the ability to drop threes and thread the needle to cutters the way he's already shown this season, is there anyone who can challenge him for player of the year? Yes. Ryan Clockbrenner. No, no one can challenge Adama Sonogo for player of the year if he can drop threes and thread needles with passes. No. Ryan Clockbrenner, who will be the best defensive player in the conference. Wait, I want to see if there's any other questions I want to look at. Our moderator decided our questions. A- You're- <laughs> no, I want to see if there's any. There were a couple other questions. Thank you. Um, I'm not going to. We have fans now that are writing to us. <laughs> will Patrick Ewing make it through the season? Ready? Yes. We can go quickly. <laughs> yes, yes, he okay. will. But he shouldn't. Round. Next okay. question. Yes, he shouldn't, Next but no, yes, he will, but no, he shouldn't be able to. What seed do you see Villanova having in the NCAA tournament? If they keep playing like this, they don't have to worry about the NCAA tournament. Seven. They Final could, answer. They seven. Could Lock it up, in. They could get up to a four, though. Quote, tweet me. Seven. <laughs> All right. Last lightning round question. Who is the best team in the Big East as of right now? And why is it not UConn? I believe Correct. that. Yes, and why is exactly. it UConn? It's Creighton. It's <laughs> Creighton because there's no difference between UConn. Because UConn has more depth and they're just getting better and better. Andre Jackson and Jordan Hawkins changed that team. And they look fine without Andre Jackson and Jordan Hawkins. All right. So that concludes our week two episode of the Big East week Barroom. Dos. We appreciate you coming and pulling up a stool. We hope you had fun. Uh, Leave some comments. Tell us what you thought, what you liked, what you didn't like, and uh, think of some questions for us for next week because we're having fun. And call your mom because, honestly, she deserves it. And she's been through a lot. But not during your college basketball game because you need to focus because you got to know what we're talking about. And have a fantastic Thanksgiving. We are thankful for you and your moms. Bye.